Okay, campers, rise and shine, and don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there today. It's cold out there every day. What is this, Miami Beach? Not hardly. Hello, and welcome to Talking Tropes. We're talking about Groundhog Day and time loops in general. I'm your host, DJ David. And I'm Hannah. We're I'm excited to talk about this particular trope, because I think it's... A... What are you talking about, Hannah? We talked about this uh, yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. Oh, no, we're stuck in a loop. We already did this podcast. We're loop stuck. <laughs> we're loop stuck. Yeah, this isn't going to be just a whole Groundhog Day is Homestuck episode, but it could be. No, we're going to release a um, hundred of these episodes with really minor deviations um, before yeah, once we a release day. the next one. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah, we should we should do that. We should release one of these every week, every day this week. Yeah, it'll be so good. <laughs> no one will get bored of it. <laughs> well, no one's going to watch all of them. It's just, that's the joke. Um, um, yeah, Groundhog Day, for those of you who've been living under a rock, is the story of Bill Murray's character, Phil something. Connors. Phil Connors. And uh, and he is a, a small town reporter. He wants to make it big, but he, he ends up every year. He goes to a small town in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, Blah. and he reports on Groundhog Day, the most boring, stupid, non-holiday of the year. Um, and then one year, he gets stuck in a snowstorm, and then every time he tries to leave... He ends up waking up the next day, and it's the same day all over again. Um, so pretty classic. I think most people know the movie. If they, the original. The original, even if they haven't seen it. And I think most people at this point, in some form or another, have seen this story done again. Right. But, like, it's, it's, it's interesting, because this is one of the more recent tropes we've talked about. Usually when we talk about a trope that's done sort of over and over again, it's sort of an old as dirt kind of thing Mm -hmm. um but this one it's just sort of like a story that in its modern form has only really popped up you know back when the groundhog day first came out and everyone who uses this trope references groundhog day not some older like greek story called you know the story of sisyphus which you know this is kind of related to sisyphus yeah, it's definitely sort of related to Sisyphus, even um, like the punishment of Prometheus, like someone who either has to do a task over and over again and can never truly complete it or is punished in the same way over and over again. Um, and I, I think this trope has a lot of elements of punishment and monotony to it just by Yeah, like, it's supposed to be kind nature. of a horrifying thing, but it's also sort of funny and bemusing. Yeah. And, and I think um, all of the the shows and, and movies we're going to talk about today sort of run the gamut on tone from, like, really lighthearted fun to pretty dark and depressing. I, I didn't encounter anything that was, like, that depressing. Well, maybe not um, de- that depressing because... But maybe, like, more just serious. Yes, more serious. Serious business Groundhog Day. <laughs> yes. So I, I did a little digging and... Well, most people would say Groundhog Day, like since 1993 when Groundhog Day came out, um, there's been so many adaptations of this storytelling trope, this time loop trapped in a a day um, that have popped up. Before that, we were saying there's not a lot, but there were a few things. um, And the one that I sort of watched and I think is probably the most notable is 12.01 p.m., Um, was a short story that was written in 1973, and it was actually turned into a TV movie the same year that Groundhog Day came out. Um, Hmm. 
And it's it actually stars the the dad from that '70s show, the guy who plays Red Foreman, <laughs> um, as this dude who's trapped in a the same hour over and over again, um, and sort of the futility of that. And it ends with him trying to commit suicide and restarting, and like that's the end. Um, it was yeah. very Twilight Zone. In short Zone-y. stories, in short stories, and like Twilight Zone episodes, you can really get away with that, like the end oh no the end it's just stuck in the loop forever (laughs) (laughs) oh wait that's doctor who um (laughs) but doctor who did this too doctor who did do this trope too let's start with you know some of the discussion questions that i sort of want to you know talk about with this one because we've sort of gone over like the history of the trope and now i kind of want to talk about you know what is what's going on with this thing sure So first i want to talk about like what is the this time loop symbolic of what is the what is the symbolism here what is being communicated through this story so in the 1201 p.m story it's about you know futility or something right yeah what's it about (sighs) what is it I, i mean it's definitely he he doesn't try to change the world he doesn't try to get better he's just trying to escape i think it's very much about Uh, I would say the monotony of daily life. Like he has a job he doesn't love and there's a bitchy secretary that he always has to deal with and a girl he tries to romance, but just doesn't have enough time with, Um, you know, like all, all these things. And, and it's mostly utility and monotony. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like you're living the same hour over and over again. Doesn't it? Mm -hmm. We've all been there. And then once you get to groundhog day, I think that, that idea, that feeling gets sort of blown up to 11. Yeah. And I think it's when, that's when it really starts to become about, you know, mental health. Okay, sure. I think Groundhog Day is about a guy with depression. Sure, yeah. I mean, first of all, there's tons of references to suicide and, like, you know, I killed myself the other yeah. day and this and that. And then more, you know, more than anything, it's just about him being completely, you know, hating humanity, being antisocial, hating himself. Um and, you know, just feeling like this town is, is too happy for him. Um, and that's what makes him miserable. And then every single day he wakes up and it's just the same thing over and over again. Every year it was the same thing over and over again. And he just learns, like, you know, I'm so depressed. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> definitely. And and there's the – they directly reference this um, with the, like, small town guys he grabs a drink with at one point in the movie. Um, and he's like, I'm living the same day over and over again. And the one guy's like, well, that's pretty much what I'm doing. Uh-oh. <laughs> um but but then that's also the scene where he he ends up realizing wait a minute i can do whatever i want and sort of descends into like his nihilistic stage uh right but the nihilistic stage isn't healing which is the the point that like cutting yourself off from everybody isn't great but also just like you know he he becomes sort of manic and he's just like i gotta do everything i've gotta you know get this girl and, and, you know, fix everything in my life and, you know, become a better person really, really quick. <laughs> and that doesn't work. Takes time. Right. I think that's another thing all of these are metaphors for is just life condensed, you know? Sure. Yeah. It, it's like the idea that you can know somebody for what feels like a year and they feel like you just met. Um, <laughs> and that, that that's, you know, that's definitely a common thing. 
um, that that you experienced in real life. Is it? Yeah, that you that you feel like you've known someone forever, and then they're just like, "Wait, who are you again?" <laughs> often that happens to me personally but well you're just a very like uh you know a, a very bombastic easy to remember personality i guess oh i guess <laughs> I, I mean like i've had people forget me but I, never someone who i feel like i've known forever good for you um oh, <laughs> sorry and then i think you know as as time goes on, this trope, it, it can be used for other things, obviously, besides, like, mental health. But I feel like there is, like, sort of a through line there that the feeling that you're living life over and over again is, Coming it's inherently a little depressing. Oh, yeah. I, I think there's there's always a moment, I think, in, in most of these stories, especially in movies, where the character is like, well, what's even the point? I Like, they get depressed, they fall down, they have their low, humbling moment, and then they have to climb back out of that. It's very easy, like, hero's journey, I feel like, especially Groundhog's Day. Right. I mean, it, it really starts to feel formulaic by the time you get to the, the really recent movie, Happy Death Day. Where, which is basically just like, it, it's just uh, Groundhog Day, but with like a murder mystery thrown in. <laughs> yeah. And it takes place at a college with uh, sorority girls. Woo, so fun. It's not. It's really horrible. And, you know, if you guys listening to this podcast think I never do, do anything for this show, um, <laughs> I watched Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you. So um, never say you've not sacrificed. Yeah, I did that so you don't have to see the four hours of your life you'll never get back. It's true. And I really felt like I was living the same day over and over again when I saw Happy Death Day one day and then the next day went to the movie theater to see Happy Death Day to you, which is more or less <laughs> the exact same movie. Uh, trapped in your own movie hell. Yeah. Um, like, but, but Happy Death Day, it is about something slightly different. It's not exactly mental health. But it's like um, loss and being stuck in the past and like trauma um, because, spoiler alert, the the main character in Happy Death Day, her mother died. And that's supposed to be like her big hang up that's keeping her trapped in the same day over and over again. She can't move past mm -hmm. it. And then in the sequel, uh, spoiler alert, uh, she goes back in time, but then ends up in an alternate reality where her mom didn't die, but she also doesn't get to go out with the boy she likes. Aww, so she has to choose between times. the boy and her dead mom. Which does she choose? Tell us, David. <laughs> well, I don't want to spoil it. That's the end of the movie. Really? Don't make me watch this movie. No, I mean, I'll tell you later, but I don't want to spoil it for the podcast listeners. All right. All right. Everyone go watch this really terrible movie and tell me how it ends on Twitter. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Um, the point of, like, Happy Death Day is that it starts out where it's, like, trying to be, like, really crazy, like, time travel, blah, blah, blah. But um, but then it just turns into the same movie as the first one. But they got to solve the murder. But in order for it not to just be the exact same mystery again, they have to set it in an alternate universe. So there's what? a different murderer. Oh, my God. So it really is the exact same movie. Pretty much, yeah. Jeez. Once you get past, like, the half hour point. Jeez, wow. That, oof. What a cash grab. Although there's a little bit more, like, college, like, Monsters University Animal House style, like, sidetracks okay. in the sequel. So they just play it up. Um, Like this, yeah, they just really, like, play up all the elements in the first one. Um, So there's, like, a scene where, like, this, their, their bitchy sorority friend 
goes and like pretends to be a blind French woman to steal the keys from the print the or sorry the dean. Um, of course. And then you got to steal the keys so you could steal the time machine. Of course. Um, it's really dumb. One of the things I liked about Happy Death Day and Groundhog Day and Russian Doll and you know some of these other ones is that they don't really bother trying to explain how the yeah. day resetting works. That's that's my favorite. Um, I so in twelve oh one they explain it so stupidly with like. <laughs> <laughs> there's a freaking like our universe is colliding with antimatter and so now the day is 70s repeating. things yeah it's just like so so 70s um yeah and, and happy death day it's multiverse theory cold fusion and time loops yeah so very dumb dumb um fringe has one they explain it, but that whole show is sci-fi, so I sort of give it a pass because it's, it's like everything is sort of right. can't I mean, that's science. just part of that's just part of Fringe is that there's yeah. multiverses. Yeah, it's like the whole thing. Yep. Um, same thing with like X Files and um, uh, which we call it Star Trek. So like you yeah. know, it's it's they get a pass. They're already in a science fiction universe, but like right. you know, Pepper Ann doesn't try to say like. It's a time wizard who cursed me to learn responsibility. You know, it just happens. It doesn't? No. What the hell? Pepper Ann, I expected more from you in terms of science fiction rigor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do think it's interesting when children's shows try to do this arc because it's so just like a pure distillation of how moralistic like these loops can also, get. Also, those shows, like the... The episodes are so short. Like, yeah, they're really don't short. even have time to go through that many loops. <laughs> You'd be surprised. They usually try to stick around three, but but also I think um, Totally Spies only does three. Um, really? Yeah, Totally Spies has a time loop episode called Deja Cruise where they're on a cruise ship <laughs> and their like spy technology thing keeps resetting the day and they have to learn to work together and with the other members of the like cruise ship in order to defeat the bad guy and now they passed their super spy test it's oh it's a test it's a test they oh, don't know okay. it's a test until the end but it's a test right for those who don't know what totally spies or pepper Ann <laughs> is good you're above you're older than us you're older than us <laughs> um also i love totally spies that show was fun to rewatch you know what you're older than us or you're like a year younger than us because these shows were not on for very long. No. Um, yeah, but but so like in in Pepper Ann, though, um, it has another one of a subtrope of this time loop trope um, where they do like a time loop montage just to get through a bunch of iterations of it really fast and show the protagonist yeah. like failing to get out. Um, Russian Doll has a couple where, especially the falling down the stairs scene. Um, yeah, great falling down the stairs montages in Russian Doll. Everybody yeah. watch them. <laughs> it's great watching Natasha Leone die a billion times. <laughs> but or her stunt double. Or her know, stunt whatever. double. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it's I I just do sort of love that like fast secession like every just keep dying. Come on, we we understand that this is harder than it looks to us as the audience. Right. Um, and it allows, especially characters who need to learn skills, 
of some kind during the montage. Like in Groundhog's Day, he learns to play the piano. He learns ice sculpting. He like learns <laughs> how to do all this stuff. Um, and he does that by having a billion time loops. And we just get the montage version of that. Same thing in, um, what's another one where they have to learn stuff? Um, Edge oh, of Tomorrow, Edge of Tomorrow, for sure. Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow is uh, based on a, a, a manga series called uh, All You Need Is Kill. Mm-hmm. Um, or what's the Jap- what's the Japanese name? Actually? Yep, it's All You Need Is Kill. You're right. Basically, he gets infected with alien goo that makes him not die when he dies, and he just wakes up a day earlier. Um, and he's got to save the world from the aliens. And he's got to save the world. This one, I think, thematically is, like, one of the most interesting, um, probably because it's not from the U.S. originally, so it has, you know, a little bit more, maybe not subtlety or nuance, but it just is coming at it from a different angle than just, like, man, wouldn't it suck if every day was the same thing? (laughs) I I don't know, Um, because I think it falls into a similar line with a lot of the other sci-fi films on this list. Um, Because you're saying because they're trying to accomplish, like, a a literal task. task, yeah. Right, but also no, that's not what it's about at all. Okay, um, it's like this story because what it's really about is is that the beginning of the story, Tom Cruise is a complete coward. He's a deserter. He he's a, a soldier, but he or he's an officer, uh, but he never served in combat, and he's basically just been going on TV, like rallying all of these news sites to send their people off to die, mm-hmm. but he hasn't sacrificed anything. And then because of this, like, thing, he's forced to die just, like, over and over and over and over again mm-hmm. and eventually becomes, like, a well-trained soldier. So it's, like, about what war does to you, which is it just inflicts trauma on you over and over again. People die and then are replaced, um, and they just die over and over and over again. And it just, like, eventually after... Millions of repetitive days of explosion and trauma and reliving the same trauma over and over again. Somebody wins and the fighting stops. Yeah. And it's just about, like you know, endless war, which is a little different than Groundhog Day. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, and I think it's also different from, like, Source Code, which is, like, trying to solve a crime. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with... Well, I mean, I would say, like, White Tulip is about loss. Like, the the guy who's going back in that episode is going back to try to save his wife's life or to, as, spoiler alert, the episode's end, to just die with her. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. But I just think that's, like, that's like a lot more, um, maybe not Western, but it's just, like, more standard to, you know, have this thing where it's, like, you know... I'm trying to save one guy. I'm trying to save you, but actually it's about having to let go. You know, Mm -hmm. I've seen that story a lot. Sure. I mean, I feel like I've also seen the story that war is hell and it changes people a lot too. Oh, for sure. I just think like, it's a pretty like edge of tomorrow is a pretty unique case for this one. It's, it's hard to use the lessons that you learn in edge of tomorrow for, you know, any of the other stories. It doesn't really tell you much about how they're used elsewhere. Okay. So, so I mean, I think are, you're, are you trying to say that like edge of tomorrow has a larger message about life to it that other, these other, no, not larger message at all. Okay. I think probably the largest message in any of these is in the original groundhog day, which is, you know, it's about living each 
day, like it's the only day mm-hmm. that you have. Um, it's about seizing the day, basically. Um, and I think that's a huge message, even though it sounds kind of small. <laughs> but um, Edge of Tomorrow is about cowardice. Yes. And learning to not be a coward and to not fear death. Sure. And, you know, once he overcomes his fear of death, he loses his ability to, you know. Die. Uh, to, he oh, loses, to come well, back. To come back. And then that's when he really, like, is sacrificing himself. But he isn't even, like, thinking about running away anymore. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of, like, um, Evangelion. Mm-hmm. You know, the I mustn't run away theming, like, where he starts out as, like, a, this super coward. Um, but that, that story goes in a whole other direction because it's crazy. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> well, so, okay. One question that I see you have here um, is whether or not this is a genre or a trope. And I'm interested as to why you asked this question. So I, I just think it's interesting to consider sometimes um, whether something is a trope, which is just sort of something that's baked into our storytelling um uh, you know, by virtue of repetition or genre, which is, you know, the, ex- the exploration of a series of tropes, um, you know, that we use to categorize large groups of stories. Um, so like sci- science fiction being a genre rather than a trope, it makes sense because it covers this wide range of stories, but they all follow these, you know, thematic resonant ideas. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this sort of falls into that where all these stories are sort of about the same thing or is it just all of these stories utilize the same plot device? Yeah. Um I I don't know. I think this is a really interesting question because I I think if you had asked this question 10 years ago or 20 years ago people would have been like, oh, no, it's just a trope. It's just a thing. It's a, it's just something that happens. But right. as you we... You just do an episode where they're like, I'm living the same day. Right. <laughs> In the same way that you do a Christmas episode or you do a silent episode or you do a musical episode. Yeah. But I feel like recently it's becoming, it's becoming more of a genre, but I'm, but I'm also trying to think if this is a premise that could be extended beyond one episode of a TV show, you know? Or like um, one or a movie, movie you yeah. know. And I think you could do something like this, where you could have an entire TV show that supposedly takes place within one day, but you're gonna have to throw some big twists into there really quickly, and it's gonna jump the shark really quickly, and it's gonna get canceled, which yeah. I believe has happened to Fringe. <laughs> well, yes. Let's. Jeez. <laughs> I have too many thoughts on Fringe to even begin to talk about it, but. Um, Indeed. <laughs> Well, like, I'm trying to think of, like, um, in season two of The Good Place, um, spoiler alert. Shit, I totally didn't even think about The Good Place. Spoiler alert for The Good Place. It's the bad place. Um, (laughs) When they're being, when they're resetting all of the the simulation of heaven every time. Um, They do it in basically one big montage. Right. And then skip over it. Right. Um, but they do call back to things that happened in certain like montage loops um, that we didn't get to see the full thing of. But like as I was watching that, I'm like, honestly, they could have done the entire second season where at the end of each episode they reset, you know? 
you're, you say that, but the reality is in a serialized show like The Good Place, you have to up the stakes every single episode or it starts to feel stagnant. But here's the thing. Um, it's It doesn't have to be that serialized. It can be more episodic. Like, it's a sitcom. Sitcoms are episodic, you know? like. But but it, it, this show has always been extremely serialized and, and very invested in the character development. So the thing is, one of the major things about this kind of story is only one character can develop because only one character has memory of the previous iteration. So... In, um, there we go. That's our next evolution of this trope, but go ahead. Okay. Well, well, we'll get to that. But, like, so specifically for Michael in The Good Place, he's the only character who can develop and change as a result of the events in the episode in Season 2 um, because he's the only one who has any memory of it. Unless we start doing bringing in time travel and returning to previous loops and memory restoration machines uh-huh. and you know crazy stuff that happens in season three which okay. has, is of course used to up the stakes right but um, you know in in bill murray land bill murray's <laughs> the only human being there because he's the only person who can grow and change right it's very isolating being the only human being yeah you're just basically surrounded by a bunch of like pirates of the caribbean the ride animatronics the animatronics um, who just reset at the end of each ride, just and then really, the ride starts over again. Really smart uh, <laughs> Siri devices that can walk. Yeah, sure. I think I think probably like a really good, uh, you Not know, more. like sort of subversion of this of this trope would would be like or not like a subversion but just a really good utilization of this trope would be maybe some movie it takes place in like a disneyland style place and you know the the cyclical nature of of theme parks maybe would play yeah a role. i don't know it's just a pitch damn there's your screenplay david that's the next one i can see it yeah like i i feel like we're at the the beginnings of this particular trope i don't think it's necessarily outplayed yet i i think people tend to do the same thing with it because that's safe um but i think there's still a lot of room for variation Um, i think just the amount of experimentation i see on this list is pretty staggering yeah russian doll is sort of played like a noir mystery mixed with like a a comedy Mm -hmm. groundhog day is just really like you know a a high concept comedy romantic comedy you're right yeah Happy the source death code day. is a murder mystery, terrorist stopping mm-hmm. action thriller. Edge of Tomorrow is a is a war, war movie, film. like yep. first and foremost. About, About time. time is also a rom com. Mm-hmm. Happy, Happy Death Day is horror slash like college comedy movie <laughs> yeah. slash murder mystery. <laughs> Happy Death Day is just a fucking mess. All right, yeah. it's just too many genres at once. <laughs> sci fi. There's a lot of sci fi expectantly i think on this list but you know there's also kids contemporary like pepper ann is just about a girl who goes to school you know like that's true there's nothing really crazy that happens in it except for like this episode um we've got like fantasy adventure with adventure zone and their entire um refuge arc um, and we haven't even really talked about video games at all either. Right. I mean, video games, this trope seems somewhat natural because in a video game, you do play the same events over and over again and learn to memorize the sequence. And as you learn to memorize the sequence, you get to progress further and further in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or in the game. Yeah. Um, so it, it seems very, you know, recognizably Groundhog Day-ish, just in its very premise. Right. Which makes it kind of surprising that Groundhog Day came out before video games were, were doing really that. Like, yeah. But I'd say that video games absolutely play a role in the propagation of this trope in recent years. For sure. I think so. And you can see references to video games in, like, Russian Doll and mm-hmm. Source Code. Mm-hmm. Um, and even a little bit in Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, like, while I was watching that, the person I was watching it with was like, honestly, this just feels like a video game. Like, you know, like you lose a bunch of times and then finally you f- you get it you figure it out like it just is um right. which is i don't know it's interesting that like that's just like a genre staple of the way video games work is sort of this trope that we don't see as much in other media right and part of it is also that like even in like uh, an rpg if you die and it resets all the people besides you have no memory of what happened. (laughs) Right. Um, So like it just wouldn't work with the story because you have to, you know, go back in time in order to to do it. Um, One of the games that's able to, because of the way that it's written, sort of put a lampshade on that is Undertale, which I'll take any excuse to bring up Undertale. (laughs) It's a great Um, game. Because Undertale does remember your previous deaths and your previous resets. So even if you complete the entire game and start it over, some part of the some parts of the game will reset. Like the characters won't remember stuff that you did. Most but of them. Maybe the narrator will know what you did. The flavor text will know what you did. Mm-hmm. You monster. <laughs> you sick fuck. Basically. Um, yeah, which I like. That's a big deal for for video games when, especially as part of the medium, you're used to starting with a clean slate. You know, like that's why right. you always have a save file. So if you make the wrong choice, you can go back. You know, isn't that also true in Stanley Parable that there's some kind of memory system involved where it knows the choices that you made previously? Um, I I don't know. I've I've only played it once, so I don't know if it happens like when you restart the game or anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, like that's another really great one where, where it really makes you think about the nature of choice and um, destiny and someone controlling <laughs> your destiny versus not controlling your destiny. Yeah. That's another thing with all these stories uh, is the nature of choice and destiny mm-hmm. because 90% of the things in the day are 100% destined to happen each time, and there's no avoiding them. Right. Um, the snowstorm is unavoidable. You cannot escape the town in Groundhog Day. In Russian Doll, you can't avoid dying on the stairs. You just have to go a different way. So the, right. the, the world itself is forcing you down certain paths. But at the same time, because you get to make every conceivable choice, um, God, now I'm thinking about Bandersnatch, the <laughs> the... Black Mirror episode. Yeah. You know, because you're able to make every conceivable choice, you have ultimate free will, super free will. (laughs) Yeah, I guess because you know everything that's going to happen. So any choices you make are sort of your own. Um, Right, exactly. However. That's a really big theme. I don't don't mean to divert too much, but it's a really big theme in the German film Lola Rent, um, known in America as Run Lola Run. This was like a pretty big part of like the sort of modern German film movement. Um, 
or maybe postmodern, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's about this girl who needs to get a ton of money by the end of the day or people are going to die. Um, I, I believe it's her boyfriend's going to die. Mm -hmm. And so she comes up with all these different like ways to try and get money. At one point, she tries to rob a grocery store and she gets killed. And then um, a different loop, she, uh, you know, tries to get money by like selling drugs or something. And then in the third one, um, she just goes and bets all of her money on a roulette and through sheer force of will just forces the ball to go where it's supposed to go. And she gets the money. <laughs> nice. So it's, it's all about like her, you know, sheer force of will is what's making the, the universe reset each time that she fails. And, you know, her success is determined a hundred percent by her. It's, it's super free will. Yeah. Um, well, that's the other thing. Like we, when we were making our watch list for this, we we didn't put anything on the list where the person stuck in the time loop was the person who was putting themselves in the time loop. Like, it's all people who... Unless it's like a, well, you know, uh, be careful what you wish for. Right, thing. right. Um, though there weren't yeah, there too to many of There has to be some kind of horror element to it, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think the only, like, be careful what you wish for one is the last day of summer. Yeah. Film. Well, yeah. It's a Nick, it's a Nickelodeon TV movie called the last day of summer. <laughs> it's bad. Where this guy just wishes that the last day of summer, that summer would never end. And every time he goes through this day, he gets hit on the head and wakes up <laughs> at the beginning of the day. Yeah. It's, 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 really, a, it's a fun, he's it's a gotta fun, learn fun. to be brave and not scared of middle school, I guess. But there are definitely like, be careful what you wish for ones. Um, immediately comes to mind is, um, fairly odd parents, the Christmas special that we talked about on the Christmas special special, go watch it, <laughs> um, or listen to it. Uh, but he wishes that it's Christmas every day. And so he has sort of a groundhog day type situation where every day he gets presents. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, but, but for most of these, it's either some mysterious force beyond the person's control, whether it's scientific or magical or just not really explained at all. Um, like something Or it's is... just a, an evil organization that's forcing you to keep going back in time to solve a train explosion. <laughs> yes. But so either way, you want out. Yes, you want out. You want this to end. Presumably, probably, you want to continue forward with your life and you're not allowed to for whatever reason until you solve some task or meet some unexplained goal. Um, and I just think it's really interesting that especially in the ones where it's not explained, it seems to it, like what else is it other than like an act of some higher power to like trap you here for your own good? You know, like, I, yeah, I mean, they usually, sometimes they explain it with like some, some bullshit reason like alien goo. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, for the most part, yeah, it's just fate, um, is, has made a choice that you have to learn a lesson. Yeah. Well, but that's what I think is like, very interesting in contrast with the like ultimate free will of being functionally immortal, you know, and mm -hmm. like sort of knowing anything, everything that will happen and deciding that you can do anything within that with very minimal repercussions. Right. Um, 
versus the fact that like you only have this because something has controlled your destiny to exist only on this day forever. So are you saying like the the wish fulfillment is permissible because they didn't like they didn't want this and they they are trying to actively escape. So the the creepiness of like you know memorizing exactly what the girl is going to say or whatever like that's not as <laughs> bad oh, no, it's, it's, it wasn't your choice no it's creepy and bad like they're making the choice to do that <laughs> like sure I, i'm not disagreeing with that i'm just saying like within this like i guess it's in the same way that like no one chose to be born but we've gotta <laughs> continue to live our lives it's like no one chose to be in this time loop but we've gotta do to it be in this time loop dad <laughs> Exactly, but it implies that there's a dad, you know? It implies right. that, like, there is something that can stick you in a time loop to learn a lesson. Like, go to time out for a little bit. Well, the most um, God, deus ex machina, like, God outside the machine one that I can think of is uh, an anime called The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. <laughs> yes. Wherein Haruhi Suzumiya is a teenage god who can control all of reality and she's like an otaku nerd. Oh yeah, she doesn't know she's a god, um, which is why it's I guess charming. Uh, <laughs> I liked this show when I was a kid. I... But there's an there's yeah. a series of eight episodes where all and eight episodes are exactly the same. And they aired them um, just like over and over and over again for like a hundred episodes. <laughs> Yeah, they they say that there are slight changes uh -huh. in each episode, but I watched like a few of them and I literally could not tell the difference. No. So <laughs> if you ever want to If you ever want to simulate what a time loop would actually be like, you can just watch those. <laughs> It'd be really boring. Super boring, I bet. Um, but basically the whole like you know, reason for that one is that the god figure doesn't want summer to end. It's a very last day of summer Nickelodeon kids yeah. choice awards movie um but uh at the end they escape the time loop by just doing their summer homework um yeah <laughs> it's a great show so classic anime it's so classic anime i don't know if i would call it a great show um, no, I liked it when I was a kid. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. So I I like this idea that there is similarly to how like all of the the kids shows versions of this like be careful what you wish for you have to learn some responsibility in pepper ann or you gotta learn to work together in totally spies or you have to be not afraid of middle school and last day of summer you know like it's it's a very clear thing that they have to learn and i think the adult right. versions of this is like it's not as clear what exactly it is they have to learn but it is this idea of like someone moralistically imposing morality right because the arc the arc is always going to be there um regardless because it's a you know it's a story told by a human but there's this like you know repetition to it that really makes it feel like in order to escape the loop not only do they have to you know solve the plot crisis like in source code mm -hmm. but they also need to solve some internal crisis right and it's really the solving of the internal crisis that that changes everything yeah. so i feel like almost every one of these movies goes through a very clear loop we, we referenced it a little bit earlier but basically it's like the first loop 
everyone thinks they have deja vu and they're not sure if it's real. Mm-hmm. So they're just kind of like squinting at everything and like <laughs> looking around sort of open mouth like, what the hell is going on? Then in the second one, they try to explain everything to everyone and everyone looks at them like they're crazy. Yeah. You have to establish the rules that like, no, you can't just explain it. That'd be too easy. <laughs> People are going to think you're crazy. Right. Then as you start to get into like third and fourth loops, you start addressing the futility of it. People start to feel super depressed. Then you have this like series of like having fun with it. And it's just the manic phase where you're, you know, just Eat doing ice cream every you... day. Yeah. Yeah. You do things that, you know, they're, they're not going to have an impact on you because, you know, there's no tomorrow. There's never going to be a tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Ha-ha. Um, and then you hit the lowest point. And then there's some kind of emotional catharsis. Then you try and do make, do like nice things for everybody. Yeah. You know, that's like the second to last one is you, you go around and you like, you give money to that homeless guy and you sign that, you know, I'm, I'm mainly talking about happy death day here, but <laughs> or they do like day. a montage of like, like you know, entire... all right, I'm going to save this person who's about to fall. I'm going to put a pillow under their head. Oh my God. I mean, that's, and I'm gonna, yeah, go that's ahead. also exactly Groundhog's Day, though, too. You know, like in the final. Exactly, loop. yeah. Groundhog Day invented it. Yeah, like he <laughs> he saves the kid who falls out of the tree. He gives guys money. He buys life insurance. He, you know, like he makes everyone around him happy, and he's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about others. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, that's really a big part of Bill Murray's story in Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. But also, like, all of the loops end up going through this sort of, like, moment where now that they are their master of their universe, they can do whatever. Um, and, and they choose to, they choose to get it all right. And right. get it all right for other people. And they choose to care. And then when that doesn't actually work to get them out of their loop... They have to do something super drastic. Um, in Happy Death Day, that's like, you know, figuring out who the killer is. But in uh, Groundhog Day, you know, what would you say is like the real turning point for the character? He gets the girl, but he doesn't sleep right. with her. He gets the girl and he doesn't sleep with her. That's the deal. Yep. That's how you do it. You just sleep in the same bed. Break a loop. So, yeah, I mean, it goes through a pretty like... Um, It goes through a pretty predictable sort of pattern that follows that hero's journey pretty closely. But it's just interesting the way that the genre has reflected over these these different tropes within it. Yeah. So, like, I I think it's interesting in Groundhog Day versus um, Russian Doll, uh, where, you know, that one's definitely not about romantic fulfillment it's a just more about a general human connection to other people um yeah but you know the interesting thing i think is that she tries you know that human connection with other people you know trying to resolve those issues and it just like doesn't help um and you know she has to go in and and fix the the little Mm -hmm. her that's inside of her right that's why she's a russian doll you know She's got, like, her childhood trauma that she keeps reliving. And then additionally, she's, um, you know, not, like, schizophrenic, but she's got some kind of mental illness going in her modern life that she's also dealing with that makes her feel like she's just, you know, 
repeating the same things over and over again, making the same mistakes, etc. Wait, where is that in shown Doll? in the show? Well, we don't see anything about what yeah. her life is like normally, but at first everyone's like not even questioning why she's acting crazy. It's just like, oh, well, you she's like on drugs. drugs and she's depressed and she's antisocial. Mm. Okay. So, sure. Um, yeah, well, and the her sort of foil character that she has to meet and save um, later in, in the show, um, Alan, I think his name is. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, Alan. Um, his, his whole thing is that, I, like, he sort of has the same, uh, <laughs> same arc as Tom Cruise, you know, where in The he Edge of Tomorrow. He needs to learn to not be a coward? Yeah, like, he's scared to let go of his girlfriend. He has to learn to be honest, I guess, maybe less than not a coward. I think, yeah, that's more, that's more, more true, because in his first loop, he, he just commits suicide, um, which maybe you could argue is the coward's way out, but... I think it's more that he just needs to learn to find like meaning outside of routine. He needs to learn to, you know, experience other humans as humans and not right. as just like props for his well, life. And, right. And to experience life is more than just a puzzle that you have to complete. Um, exactly. And sort of just, a, it's more of something you have to experience. <laughs> right. You have to relinquish some of that control. Um, and I think it's he's a fascinating subversion because he's the first character in any of these stories who is at first mm-hmm. completely content with living the same day over and over again exactly to a formula. Even though it's a day he hates, he's fine with yeah, it. Because he likes routine, because mm-hmm. he he prefers that everything be in order, which I think is very true of, you know, a lot of people who suffer from mental illness is, you know, it, they a lot of them feel like they can just create a system for themselves to beat it by themselves. Right um, to have a sense of control over something like a routine. Right. But what he doesn't realize is that he actually does need help. Yes. And um, Natasha Leone's character absolutely knows that she needs help, but <laughs> Isn't knows willing what's to get it. actual help and what's not actual help. Right. She she knows that, but just because she also knows she needs it doesn't mean that she's willing to accept the help that she actually needs. Um, Right. But at the same time, I think, you know, she just has a lot of poisonous people in her life and she keeps them around and stuff. Um, That was sort of the thing with like the fact that she goes home with this really, you know, sleazy dude. Yeah. Yeah. And like the fact that she keeps around people who want to, you know, cut through her walls and doesn't let them cut through her walls. That's absolutely true. But also, you know, when she tried to get help at one point, she just gets, you know, sent into a psych ward. (laughs) Um, That's not really help for her and what she needs right now. No. Um, Well, I mean, it it tries to be like the she she trusts the person who is like, hey, maybe I should go to. She's the one who sort of suggests it. Um, Yeah. But it turns out not being what she needs, as you said. Yeah. I, I I also like this trope, I think, because it's such an easy, like, it's so easy to track the hero's journey in this. Um, exactly. Like, that was just something that I noticed over and over again, like, in general. It's so easy to see the starting point and to see the end point and all the little, like, sub stops it has to hit at the end, like, throughout the Right, because all visual storytelling is, is basically a f- uh, contrast and affinity, right? Like... So is something different or is it the same? And if someone does, you know, different things and achieves a different outcome, 
that means there's contrast. So you can see the contrast of the character in the beginning to the character at the end. And when somebody tries multiple things and they lead to the same result, you know that nothing's changing and that's affinity. You want to talk about Adventure Zone? I feel like sure. I want to talk about Adventure Zone. We can talk about Adventure Zone. Um, I mean, it, this one is a little bit. It feels a little video gamey. Like there, it's it falls right. more into it's that role like role playing game. This is a, yeah. a podcast role playing game. Um, um, it's a Dungeons and Dragons adventure, but it's very loosely Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it's mostly a comedy storytelling adventure um, with three brothers and their dad. Um, and basically these characters, they go to, um, a town called Refuge where they have to, they're trying to retrieve this relic, um, and they don't really know what the relic does, but it becomes very apparent, um, that this whole town is basically stuck in a time loop and that's what the relic does. So the only way to save the town is to find the relic and like break the loop and the loop always ends with the town's destruction at like noon. So they have like four ish hours or so to like figure some stuff out. Um, or maybe it is only an hour. I forget exactly what their timeline is. Um, but it, it, in this one, it's, it feels very video gamey in that it's like, there's a specific mission. We know what's going to break the loop. We know what, um, like there's a task that I know what it is that I have to complete. Whereas in um, like Russian doll and groundhog's day, the, what they need to break the loop is a little bit more abstract and no one has like told them like, this is what you got to do to win. Um, (laughs) You know? Um, So they, it's sort of them going throughout the day and doing um, this, this one lasts for a while at least seven episodes long um i forget specifically um and like episodes are like uh, an hour and a half you know like they're like movie length basically um so like this it's a while um yeah yeah uh but it sort of ends where they the the relics always try to tempt them to to be used um and they shouldn't be used because they cause like devastation basically um and at the end the relic gives each of the main characters the option to go back to a day in their past that um it was sort of like the worst day of their life and Mm. they could go back in time and try to change it and make it better um and like one of them it's the day that he loses his wife another one it's the day that um his uh he like accidentally poisons a whole bunch of people um and another one i forget what clint's is what merle's character's day is but but it's sort of like all these like big tragic or important moments in their backstory um right and they all choose not to do it because they've seen what using this cup, this relic, um, has done to this town. And they've learned that they, it's not worth it, basically. Don't live in the past. Don't live in the past. You got to move into the future. Um, like, like, this is a trope that, ironically, is all about change. Um, either right. changing yourself, the past, the future, whatever it is, something has to change for the loop to break. 
Right. Something needs to be different. That also reminds me of uh, a pretty popular, weird uh, Adventure Time episode. Um, it, it's, it's a weird Adventure Time episode. It's called um, the, the Hall of Egress. Okay. And it's I don't just know like. I remember that one. It's a uh, pretty late in the show mm. um, when most people stopped watching. <laughs> um, and uh, basically, Finn finds himself in this weird cave. And when he exits it, he has to keep his eyes closed. Mm. Um, and every time he opens his eyes, he wakes up back in the cave. And so he has to sort of learn to trust his instincts and avoid his friends and be in solitude. And then eventually he escapes. And it's weird and symbolic, and I have no idea what it means, and it's uh, just weird Adventure Time stuff. That's an interesting one, because that feels like sort of the opposite of the moral of a lot of the ones that we've talked about, where usually Where you have to find connection with others. Yeah. Yeah, but Finn has always been, you know, very dependent on others, on his friends, and on his brother. (coughs) So it's different. It is different. Also different is Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, where it's just every three days the moon crashes into the earth. (laughs) Yeah, I I would say the the Adventure Zone, the 11th hour arc, sort of has the most in common with that particular game. Yeah, because it's like video games in general. You know, you got to accomplish a task, and every time time you fail, it resets. Yeah, exactly. Um, But you you have a specific amount of time where no matter what you do, it's going to reset until you can do the final loop. Right. And in Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, one of the constants that, you know, you keep when you reset is your inventory. So mm-hmm. it's all about collecting these items. Yeah. But in most of the them, the only variable that you get to keep with you is your memory. And as a result, you get some of these weird stories where apparently all these people have photographic memories. <laughs> have you ever yeah. noticed that? Like, I know. These people... They have unlimited memory capacity, which I guess maybe is part of the curse or the like, maybe like it's like a, okay, well, if you're going to have to remember each and every loop, we might as well give you perfect memory. Or or I I don't know, like, especially in Groundhog's Day where it's like, it's an unspecified amount of time and an unspecified amount of loops. Um, Same thing for like Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, You sort of get the idea that it's like, They've literally done this so many times that they've forgotten, like, the capital of Kentucky, but they know this shit, you know? Like, they've forgotten every other... I don't know if I've ever seen, like, a scene where it's like, I've forgotten how well, I was not born. not forgotten where they were born. Like, nothing that drastic. But just, like... I don't think this... I've ever seen a scene where they say, well, I forgot about this. Alright, that's, that's fair. They just have infinite memory, and they just keep building and building on memory like over time and they're like to the point where I've memorized everything you're going to say when you're going to say it. I've memorized when the car alarm goes off, Yeah. you know, I've memorized this, this and that in, um, de- uh, <laughs> happy death day to you. They have this like bio, this like med school student who like somehow memorizes complex mathematical equations that she's never seen before. Um, like, over and over and over again because they're trying to like test different formulas for time travel. Oh my God. And then she like keeps committing suicide in uh, increasingly hilarious ways. Oh, hooray. What is this movie? Like jumping out of planes without a parachute and like jumping into a wood chipper. 
Oh my god. Why It's like she... a montage. Why is she doing this? Because she just like doesn't want to get murdered, so she keeps like killing herself to reset instead. She's just having fun with it. That's I mean, Bill Murray does the same thing. Yeah, he kills himself every way that he can, but he just doesn't show it. But this is a horror movie, so you get to show it. Hooray. Although it's a wacky comedy horror movie sequel. Love that. Just <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on there. Um, Too much. But not enough somehow. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I've said my piece on this trope. Yeah. I, I think I think there's a couple other ones on our on our list that like kind of fit, but they, they have like one major difference from the standard trope that makes it like well, maybe this doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Like in Doctor Who, in the Doctor Who episode Heaven Sent, he doesn't retain his memories. And he has to solve the mystery of where he is and what's happening every single time he it loops. Right. And also it's the best episode of Doctor Who that's ever been made. <laughs> it's um, a really good episode. Uh, and then in like Bioshock Infinite, it's not exactly like a time loop. It's just sort of like this multiverse loop that keeps happening and also there's two different versions of like every single character and <laughs> almost all for almost all of them one of them's like a hero and one of them's a villain yeah and also the fact that it keeps time looping is supposed to be more symbolic of like the the wheel of history and how history has cycles to it and repeats itself mm-hmm. um and the fact that the victors always control what history is so the villains in the story have access to time travel so it's like a crazy messed up, you know, American uh, American exceptionalism, racist, super fascist state. Um, and then Gotta they, they rewrite history to make it so it was always that way. Yeah, I mean, I would say the same thing for the two um, Buffy episodes that we have on the list. Um, Life Serial. Uh, this one, there's sort of... Just serial only... like serial killer, right? Not serial like... Captain Crunch. Yes, serial like this. <laughs> this is a serial podcast, not a, an episodic one. Um, but this is an episodic one. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah. So in this one, basically, she's just being. It, it only happens for part of the episode. Basically, um, she's briefly trapped in a time loop to sort of just like annoy her the most. By the really stupid villains of this season, um, but and this one happens. I think it's it's season six or seven. It's the one that everyone hates. Um, yeah, like, it's season six. Yeah, it's not it's not great. Um, but uh, there's another episode that it's not a time loop, but there are ghosts that keep possessing people and replaying out the same scene over and over again with the same results. Um, and it's not until Buffy and her vampire lover or ex lover angel, um, replay the scene and she's unable to kill him because he's an undead vampire. So shooting him with a gun doesn't really do that much. Um, Mm. that the loop can be broken and they can have resolution. Um, so yeah, those are sort of the other examples. I didn't get a chance to watch, um, the Mindy project. So yeah, Mindy project, I'm guessing just sort of plays it for laughs and it ends up not being real. It's like all a dream or something. Yeah. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about is the metaphysical aspect of this and, and why, why does this 
feel so, you know, central to our psyche, you'd notice for almost all of these, the loop begins when they wake up. Yes. And that's not just because, you know, like, it makes sense that the day would begin when they wake up, but it's also because there's this discontinuity of human consciousness. Well, Russian... And we have to, like, account for that. Yes. I like where you're going with this, but Russian Doll doesn't start when they wake up. Right. There are exceptions, but most of them begin sure. with a suddenly bursting awake after dying. Um, and there's something like... It's like reincarnation or something. The idea that when you wake up, you have no proof that what you're remembering actually is you. There's a discontinuity there. And this genre puts you face to face with that. That when you're unconscious, you don't know what happens next. So time can move irrespective of your perception of it because you're unconscious right it's sleep being the the little death that we all experience every night exactly and that's used you know sort of for time travel purposes in something like rip van winkle or futurama or something Mm -hmm. but to use it to go into the past is something unique to the groundhog day story absolutely that's Interesting. So so let's talk about the future of this trope really quickly before we end. Yeah. Um, they're all just going to be set in theme parks now. You've solved it already. Uh, yeah. Theme parks. <laughs> good. Um, I think I maybe love... the, the I've seen a change where almost always now you have at least one other character who loops. And then you have like a moment where the one looper recognizes the other looper. And that's a new thing. That that was a big part of Edge of Tomorrow is that she the used badass woman character used to loop like Tom Cruise. Yeah. But Tom Cruise loops and then she notices him and then they team up. Yes. Um, and they're able to help each other defeat the evil alien. Right. And in Happy Death Day to You, the Asian guy makes a robot uh, machine that makes him time travel. And then he goes and sees the girl and she's like, you time traveled too. <laughs> and in Russian Whoa. Doll, that's the whole plot. Yeah, as two people are both dying and they have to help each other. Um, totally. I, I think that, or just in general, having like, uh, yeah, just like more people being aware of the time loop, I think would be an interesting play on this that, isn't seen very often uh in in adventure zone it is the three main characters who are all aware of time looping um so like that that would be another one in that pile um but yeah in general there's also the idea um the the one change that i've noticed over time is that you start to cut out a lot of the the genre you know staples which is really common for like all stories for example in time travel movies no one ever has to explain what an alternate timeline is right or if they do it's like we just sort of accept that as a genre convention so likewise for this one we now no longer really have to explain that you know ideas like yes the car alarm goes off every Mm -hmm. time or it's or the same musical You don't cue. have to show every time that they fail in a montage until they succeed. You can skip to them knowing everything and succeeding at everything right. without going back and showing them their For progress. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any other like changes that you've noticed? Um, it's not a change, but I I do like the continuity of like a some sort of like sound cue to immediately bring us back to 
the the moment of yeah that's pretty awakening. common i've noticed that as well um like in groundhog day you have the um the radio program in russian doll you have right. the um really catchy song, song or the, the instrumental um yeah edge of tomorrow you have the the soldier yelling get up maggot um <laughs> <laughs> happy death day you have the ringtone where it's like hey it's your birthday and now you gotta pick up the phone right. That plays about 300 fucking times in both movies. Oh, boy. That's a lot. (laughs) That's one thing that I will say for this. Please pick your sound cues appropriately, because we're going to have to hear them, like, a billion times. Yeah. I think that's the future of this trope, is making it so that the actual, like, day-to-day isn't so cliche anymore. It's always people walking down hallways... And seeing things in like a long one sh- one right. shot, um, you know, we need more creative filmmaking with showing the same shots over and over again, making it so that the audience recognizes they're the same shots, but making it entertaining enough that you're willing to watch those same shots. Sure, over and ab- over again. absolutely. Um, here's my last pitch for how I want this to grow and change. Um, I just want them mm-hmm. to do a billion seasons of 24 where it's this at the end of the season, it just goes back to the beginning and then they have to do it again. (laughs) That's interesting. I like that. Um, And then my final pitch I think would be um, let's really explore the mental illness aspect. Russian doll did this with its first season. I'm hoping it gets a second season and I'm hoping that second season goes even more into sort of the mental illness aspect of it. And Man, that shit is yeah. interesting. Um, I'm I'm loving it. And of course, then there's also what happens to all genres is it mixes with other genres and other genres and other genres. And you've seen that a lot on this list already. What are some genres that you could mix Groundhog Day with? Um, that haven't already been mixed with it. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything like really, truly like historical, you know, like stopping the JFK assassination or something. Um, (laughs) A man wakes up every day right before the Kennedy assassination. Um, I I don't know. I'm trying to think because like this, this is a pretty diverse list, you know, like it's got a lot on it. There's obviously superhero, superhero, you know, shows and movies. Um, Um, I don't know if they've really dealt with this or anything like it. That would... I feel like The Flash has probably done something like that. Yeah, maybe they had an episode like this. Um, um, <laughs> gosh, I'm trying to think. I would say I'm surprised that we didn't notice, like, where we didn't find anything where, you know, this takes place, like, near a black hole or, you know, like, on a spaceship, mm. you know, with, like, a crew and, like, all the crew can remember stuff that's like, happening sometimes. Like more or, sort of, like, Star Trekky type episodes because there's yeah the, maybe there is a star well, trek episode like this um, that we missed there's been there was one previously i believe it's called cause and effect um and oh, then yeah. there was one in the new star trek discovery last year apparently that also did a groundhog day loop of some oh, kind okay um but yeah right. but we'll see more so, of that maybe maybe i can't think of any like totally new genres to do it with because we've got romance comedy you, murder mystery yeah, historical. That's the Queen one, Elizabeth that's the only gets one stuck in a time left. loop. <laughs> All right. 
That's it. That's the next one. Queen Elizabeth gets stuck at in a time World. loop at Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> right before the Kennedy assassination. I love it. It's perfect. All right. See you next time. We're going to pitch that movie. Uh, follow us on Twitter. We're at Talking Tropes. And you can support us on Patreon also at Talking Tropes. If you do, you can pick an episode. And you better. Yeah. All right. See you yesterday. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.